Hello, and how are you, my good friend, DJM? Kaz, it's been too long. It's only been a couple of weeks, but it always feels like an eternity. Cause, yeah. But here's the problem with, with the old 2NBG. I have come to a very frightening realization. Okay. And I'm going to bring in a stand-up comedian, uh, one Mr. Doug Stanhope. Shout out to Crunchy. Uh, who did a routine regarding uh, a lot of musical artists and performers that uh, died very young. They are affectionately known as the 27 Club. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, and most recently Amy Winehouse, the 27 Club. And Mm -hmm. the, the narrative of the idea that they had so much more to give and they were gone too soon. And the the start of Stan Hope's bit with this was, uh, specifically with Kurt Cobain, was maybe he just ran out of shit. <laughs> Kaz, I've come to a realization. Just while we were getting set up uh, earlier this evening, okay. uh, it is starting to dawn on me that your, your old buddy, DJM, David Majors, everything... My world is kind of stabilized. No panic, no chaos, no disorder, no brushes with death, no crime, no nothing. (laughs) And I've realized I'm at the point where I'm fucking boring. I'm boring. (laughs) And Kaz, I've completely run out of stuff to talk about. Honestly, whether it's nerdy stuff, uh, whatever. Video games, I still haven't gotten stabbed, but whatever. Uh, Wrestling, anime, I talk about all that stuff everywhere else. Kaz, I've run out of shit to talk about. I'm, I'm boring. And it has come to me that I am at the point in my life that so many people face and fear and do everything they can to fend off but eventually it happens to everyone i guess that you eventually just reach a point where this your life just isn't that interesting and when your life isn't that interesting it's kind of hard to do a podcast so what do i do I've run um, out of shit, Kaz. I don't know what to do. I mean, well, I don't do. I'm not doing a whole bunch of paintings or drawings or stuff. I, I, I'm not going anywhere. Well, well, I'm going to Ohio for MidoriCon. It's it's a convention at, on the beach, which is which is really cool. But yeah, overall, I'm boring. Like I don't. 
I could go on and on and on about my job and how interesting that is, but it's fucking not. It's not. Uh, or how how this is like the first convention that I'm going to, but fuck. Everyone goes to conventions if you're probably listening to this. You've probably gone to some kind of nerd convention before and you've heard us talk about it, and you're probably, good chance you're probably sick of us talking about it. Kaz, I've, I've run out of stuff. I don't know what to do. All right. Couple a couple things. One, no, because you 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 embody and have the spirit of a radio personality, and people with that kind of kind of thing. I, I, I don't know why I said the things I just said, but the people with those kind of kind of appeals, uh, you it's a lot easier for you to turn nothing into something, right? Like you could listen to the radio and if, if it's a radio host you enjoy, he can be talking about going to Kmart and picking up a bag of Doritos, like into the Kmart, picked up the bag of Doritos and out. But people like that know how to turn it into something interesting. And it's learning how to turn nothing into something. And it's a skill that you have. You just doubt yourself with it because you're you're like the rest of us who do things on the internet you have very low self-worth uh so sometimes you seek it out in other places but you feel creative enough to create here's the problem kaz here's the problem i i can't dye my hair green and take selfies and and get people to tell me how cute i am the, the the thing I did was that I I got a shirt from the Five Four Club, the, this clothing subscription service that that I've been going to, and it was the first time where I got something from them that I wasn't exactly sold on. So so when I take a selfie, let me take a selfie. <laughs> it's with something that I'm not even entirely sure looks good. I will say I so, have, so I uh, can't I can't even get my self worth from that. I I will I will say for the longest time and and still a little bit to this day, I don't like selfies. Uh, they are the weirdest type of photography that has ever been born to exist. Um, and and as I have gotten more and more into the craft into the actual craft not the hobby but the craft of photography also Kaz yes I I apologize can I just say it is a self portrait it is not a goddamn selfie it's a selfie it's a selfie because a self portrait has so so a portrait has thought to it Uh, a a and then I'm gonna sound like a fucking asshole right now i'm gonna wait kaz 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 i gotta stop you there you're gonna tell me thinking about the fact that instagram even exists the the very existence of instagram you're gonna Mm -hmm. tell me people don't put thoughts into their selfies come on no they do they do which is why those goddamn um uh fucking uh selfie sticks because they're not monopods selfie sticks exist Um, pd and people use them, and I used to hate them, but I have come to have an appreciation for them in a certain existence. I still, I still to this day don't like Instagram, right? Because of a couple of factors, right? I don't, I don't like 
what it has turned the idea of taking a photo, editing a photo, and posting a photo into, as I have come to learn this craft of photography. And the reason I don't like those things is because it doesn't, it doesn't really delve down into the thought of, of shadow and contrast and all these things that have become kind of standards in photography and how people create certain looks. Like, can you be creative with, with your cell phone and Instagram? Sure. And I, I applaud people who are like fucking good on you. Great job, kid. Fucking. I'm glad you got that, that, uh, fucking that GQ article written about you about being one of the top 10, uh, what do they call them? Like trendsetters nowadays it's on Instagram. Top, top 30 under 30 is what. Yeah. <laughs> top like 30 under 30, uh, creative but, but people gener- on Instagram. Generally, Kaz, right now. what you're saying is they're not photographers. No. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's in, it's a form all on itself, right? Just like there are, there are people who, before podcasting kind of became more of a stabilized thing, there were people who were really into radio and radio broadcasting and CB radio and all these things and like all this radio, shit that radio <laughs> broadcasting. What a yeah, stupid thing that, to be interested in. That look down upon the craft of of podcasting, of self producing your shit, like um, and and doing it in home and doing it with you know midi fucking mixers one channel mixers and usb microphone there there are people out there who are like oh gross how can you do that craft that way um and that and was Kaz, that I, me around. I, I know exactly what that is and we'll get that we'll get to that in a minute i know exactly what that is though yeah but go ahead but all right so so i'm gonna let you get to this and, and i'm gonna finish my my instagram thing here for now which is there is a craft to it, but I don't consider it photography in the sense. And I and I will say that mostly because I spent a lot of today trying to solve an issue I was having with my own personal photography, right? In in how I edit photos and what I get out of photos. Because what I used to do was I used to just go in, color correct, make some kind of minimal changes, punch up the color a little bit, and be done. Um, and now I'm trying to get to the point where one, when I'm taking the photo, I'm taking the photo that I, I want right then and there. Um, I love people who can, who can edit the photo that they want, but I like the ability of setting it up, taking the photo that I want and then still doing minimal edits. But I want to have the skill set to be able to edit into the photo that I want. Um, and I've been learning that. So I've been, I've been doing the YouTube stuff and reading and doing all these things. And you really realize there, there, it comes back to a very artistic thing in editing too, and taking the photo and with, with the, this, you know, the, the fucking teenage girls who like, uh, high angle. Oh, look at me. Oh, oh, like they can understand light. They can understand contrast. They can understand exposure, but those things hardly fucking exist in your camera phone, right? Like, and then when once you post it to Instagram, no matter what, no matter what, people, no matter what, when you post your photo to Instagram, there's a filter on it. No matter what you do, like even if you hashtag go, no you go, filter, hashtag right, I woke you, up like this. <laughs> even if you hit normal, there's a filter on it. It's just that's how Instagram works. 
wants it to look a little bit punchier. It wants it to look a little bit nicer. So when you're somebody like me and you're using Instagram as a, as a, a share thing as, Hey, look at my stuff. This is my stuff. This is my creativity. Look at my stuff. I want to look at your stuff and I want to share this, this back and forth. Um, and you spend those those few minutes of, you know what? I don't want the color to do this. I want it to do this. I don't want this to do that. I want it to do this. And then you post it to Instagram and you look at it and you go, the fuck does it look like that for? <laughs> it's because Instagram has its own thoughts on how it wants your photo to look. So it's created this weird world where even, even YouTubers I have been watching who are photographers, they're like, yeah, you know, you got to make that edit for Instagram. And these are things like they oh, kind of say. Oh man! Like, like photography has jumped the shark, Kaz. Oh right, my goodness! They, like I was watching him, and he's talking about editing, and he's like, "Yeah, so you know, this is." He's like, "This is the photo I want, and this is this is what I want it to be because when it prints, it's going to be this, it's going to be that." And he's like, "You know," and then if I post it online, it's going to look like this, and I know that because of this and he's like and then you know you got to make that edit for instagram <laughs> he just said it kind of i guess he says it in other videos but it was just so kind of kind of like passed over and it just kind of hit me i was like oh man you got to make that second edit for instagram <sighs> that sucks <laughs> fuck my life man and this is not dissimilar between what's happening in the the broadcasting world and the radio and TV world in comparison to podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, there is that divide between old media and new media where, uh, and especially in radio, because they are the ones that are most at risk, where it's the idea of ugh, podcasting. You, you mean you're just doing this from your home? Like, how, how the hell do you make money off of that? How, how, how do you hell do you get that out to, to enough people to warrant making any money or making a living off of it? The question I literally ask myself every day of my life. <laughs> and I, I've always thought, you know, that's valid. That is valid because I nearly went to a broadcasting school for TV and radio because my dream in high school when I finally figured out what I wanted to do was my crazy reach for the stars dream was I wanted to work at tech TV. That, that was mm-hmm. my dream. I think a lot of people had that dream, <laughs> but I, I was actually like really going for it. Unlike a lot of people, like I was really going to do it. Uh, so. There is that idea of you're working at a radio station. Say, for example, you get to do sports talk radio. Uh, by the way, everybody, sportsoddsandends.com. That's sportsoddsandends spelled all the way out, dot com. Uh, but just for say the for the sake of... Sports fan. For the fly-by-night sports fan. Uh, but just for the sake of argument, you're doing sports talk radio, uh, at a major sports station in, in your hometown or, or a, mm-hmm. a major city near you. Uh, what you're doing is that you're talking about a subject that everyone knows about to hundreds of thousands of people every single day. And not only that, you have live ad reads of sponsors, some, from your station through their sales department, some local. 
this is how revenue is generated. It's generated through selling ads and having listeners to listen to those ads. And the idea that that is professional broadcasting. You are getting paid to broadcast out to the masses for ad revenue. Uh, In the case of internet content creation, whether it's podcasting, whether it's YouTube, uh, maybe not so much now, uh, but in the case of internet content creation, media specifically, uh, there is that idea of amateurism in that anyone and everyone can do it. And yes, I know there is this wonderful utopian idea of the free market where everyone has a fair shot, but just I'm just going to run with this for a second. And the idea that someone, well, for example, like me... Uh, can have as many people paying attention to the content I produce as, say, NPR is fucking absurd. It's absurd to NPR. It's absurd to me. There will be people that will say, yeah, that's exactly what you should believe. But I don't, and I never have. There will be absolutely no way I will ever have one-tenth of one-tenth of one percent of, say, what NPR does. Or or someone that may have had, that may be a professional podcaster or content creator on the internet that has years and years and years of media experience in the mainstream at the professional level. What they have is not just experience, but they have a built-in audience. And in comparison to David Majors, I am an ant. And I I recognize that. And I, I see myself as, and, and I acknowledge that I am essentially the person taking a selfie on a two-year-old camera. That's what I am. And... I understand my place. Mm-hmm. I I will I will say this right. It's I agree with a lot of what you say, but then at the same time, it's not that it's not that anybody can't do those things. Like it's not that anybody can't like. To have the next popular podcast or do the next popular podcast. It just comes down to like it, it, a lot of it either comes down to effort, marketing, and and well, you know what? I'm gonna leave it at those two things because I was gonna say no, luck. No, but no, Kaz, Kaz, Kaz. I'm sorry, but a lot of it is luck. A lot of it really, yeah. really is luck. It is. No, Kaz, it really is. It absolutely is. Because without luck, just the concept of the word viral would not exist. A lot of it is luck. Yeah. Luck is a major factor. And a lot of people Um, out there will never be as lucky as to have something that will even get them... 15 seconds of fame, let alone 15 minutes. 
And you can put in time and effort and marketing and skill, but without some kind of, especially with the internet and how big as it is, without some kind of one in a million lightning in a bottle moment, it's really hard to really create something that is beyond minuscule. Yeah. It, it, and, and I think, I think the problem is, is that people have a really tough time acknowledging that. I, I don't. I never have. It's something that I've acknowledged from day one. And someone might say, well, David, don't you think that's what's hampering you? No, no, I don't, because it's luck. And you don't, and I'm sorry, with the internet being as big as it is, you can't create your own luck. So much stuff that's out there happens by either complete accident or, or, you already have a built-in audience from somewhere else. Otherwise, good luck. Yeah, I, I like the the kind of, especially when it comes to podcasting, because I will say the luck of of other things, like the luck of YouTube, comes down to creating content that is. My my thing with YouTube is creating content that's easily shareable, that doesn't hit the mark of YouTube annoying, right? Because there, there's this very thin line of you make really good content on YouTube and people share it, right? But there's, and I, I think uh, Brian Brushwood said this one time, but I, I've taken this in a different route where it's like, you know what? He said, you know a party's over when somebody starts trying to share YouTube videos? Um, you know, because... It, it may be something that appeals to them, but it, it, it won't appeal to the wider audience of the party and it, it can just grind things to a halt. But if you create content in a way, and then this goes into your viral thing that sometimes, you know, say you, say you like making the long form video on YouTube. That's fine. Great. Your next step is take those things, make super cuts of them, make, make, two minute supercuts of of your videos from the last month make little compilations of of you know your fails or things like that like those those easily shareable things that get out there and have other people go oh man that thing like like oh yeah i saw that video that was funny and then go want to do the research to go i wonder who made that um no nope. a lot of Kaz, Kaz. Mm-hmm. And here is the thing that the Brian Brushworlds of the world, with all due respect, do not understand and do not tell people. It's still a fraction of a fraction of a percent of a chance that dude doing a podcast or dude making YouTube videos just because he wanted to. It's still a small fraction that will might maybe share enough to where it might get attention for a couple of days. That Mm -hmm. percentage is so incredibly small Mm 
that it justifies, in my opinion, it does justify the way the mainstream media world will look at internet content creation. I, I believe that that, that outlook is not completely without merit. I, I, I honestly do. And here I am doing multiple podcasts, but I've said many, many times, uh, and Jack says it, uh, Richard on It's in Season says it, that, you know, the, the old joke here at Delta Juliet Mike is, uh, the three loyal listeners. And that's been a thing since the super no vacancy days. And I'm talking 2009. And, Really, that's that's kind of what we've all grown to accept, because the internet is just too big for everyone to be successful. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely too big for everyone to be successful, but I also think there is the, the understanding of... Putting in putting putting in work to a certain extent because our our greatest examples is a lot of the people that we we know and we follow did these things in an era where where there weren't as many people doing these things but still did these things in an era where uh where they had to put in a lot of work and even even at this point for for all the years that they've done. Only some of them are starting to reap the rewards of the amount of work that they put out. And there's still some of them that and, are putting and not in. O- and not only that, Kaz, a lot of them were on television for years. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Um, and then I would definitely agree with that. Like, But that that's also just of that, of that market, of that market, like of just really trying and really reaching out and doing these things and... and and putting in hours and days and honing the craft. And then, like, that's still where, where I feel like it is for me. It's, it's honing the craft and doing these things. And I overthink them. I overthink a lot of the shit that I try to do. I, I conceptualize way too much instead of just doing and executing. Um, and I, I try to spend a lot more time executing than conceptualizing. But... I am such a conceptual person. I, I I am such an idea person. I love thinking of ideas. I love thinking of new things. And then when it comes to execution, I've thought too far beyond what, what the first you've step just, is. You've just made me realize something. Mm-hmm. You've made me realize I know a lot of people that are conceptualizers. Yeah. Hashtag I mean, conceptualize. <laughs> not a lot of people that are into the execution yeah i mean i'm into the execution it's just i have to learn when to stop when when to stop thinking of the idea i need to learn when to stop brainstorming i need to stop thinking start doing isn't that on a poster that's on a poster somewhere i I know that's on a poster somewhere if it isn't uh fucking copyright right here right now you could buy that in the uh delta juliet mike store stop thinking start doing that's uh, deltajuliatmike.com slash shop. It doesn't exist. <laughs> if enough people go there, it, it might have to become a thing. Um, it, it won't. It won't, guys. 
So, I mean, ha- so, ha- have you figured out for the last ten minutes or so? I really don't have any expectations for any of this. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've caught on to that. But see, here's the thing. This is the thing we've always said, right? It's a it's a hobby that we put a lot of time, effort, and money into because we want to, because we love doing it. And even if at that point, even like you said, you know, you have people that do listen. Even if you didn't, even if you knew no one yeah. listened, you'd still <laughs> yeah. probably do some of it. You wouldn't do all of it. No, no. I, for you, I know you wouldn't do all of it, but there would still be things you would do just because you love doing it. Um, for me, I'd probably still be doing too much, even if no one listened. Just, just that's, that's my am. I love doing this shit, man. I love podcasting. I love creating. And and once I I get out of the think tank, I think I'm gonna enjoy making YouTube videos. It's just the only the only hiccup I keep running into is I'm really yeah, but Kaz, video editing. Kaz, Kaz, do you have like a bunch of nerdy shit on your wall? Because you know that's a prerequisite. You got you got to have a bunch of like nerdy posters and dolls and and shit all um, over your wall and in your room. That's like a prerequisite. I'm pretty sure like Eileen Rivera out in L.A. Uh, where where she lives because she works for YouTube. She sends like forms out to everyone that wants to do YouTube. She sends forms saying, "Do you have a- at least twelve to fifteen various uh, uh, figures or or dolls or posters that you can have in the background of your video because that's a rule look look and tell me i'm wrong I tell will, me I, i'm wrong it depends on the youtuber but you're you're pretty right you're pretty right um i i will say i will, I will say this right since we're talking about youtube and and creating right there is this guy i was watching today because was, i was perusing the like kind of photography side of, of youtube um and there's some bad there's some there's some bad out there uh there's some bad with a lot of views and misinformation which is one of the things that always kills me i hate when people create videos to give information the videos already kind of bad in my regard but then the information is also wrong. Like I can forgive you being bad if you're, if I guess people, if I can think maybe people found them entertaining, but you're, you're trying to impasse knowledge and you're just wrong. That's the thing that hurts me. That's the thing that kills me, especially when I see those, those view counts really high because then I start to shake and I'm like, there are a lot of people who watch this and there are people out there who watch this and took that information as, as, as the word of god and like this is now the information that they have um but there was this guy who i've seen some of his older youtube videos and he's he's a little bit annoying but i it was one of those things where he had the information that i wanted so i was like you know what i'm gonna sit through the annoying part of his video to get to the thing that I want because I can't find it in a written form anywhere. Um, and I did. And then I, f- I figured out it's like, he takes like that first two minutes of his video to do the like YouTuber thing where he's like, Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another instance. You of- just triggered me <laughs> like, fuck, you know, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Don't ever do that on this podcast again. Brandon Cooper. Don't ever do that shit again. Um, and if I see you doing it on your own YouTube videos, I swear to God. Uh, but he did that thing, right? 
and it, I don't know, it just annoyed me. And but I I I got over that hump and I watched the rest of it. And then he kind of normalized after that two minutes, and I was like, holy shit, he is an enjoyable, informative motherfucker. And I was like, and I am enjoying this. Like he has he has this series of videos that are completely lies, but he calls them the five minute portrait where he goes to a place and and with, with all this prerequisite setup, he goes to a place and he does um, a photo shoot or whatever. And he went to this one place where they do handmade jeans or whatever. And he was talking to the guy who's the owner and proprietor of the place. And he was like, all right, I'm going to do this photo shoot you know, of you making a pair of jeans and um, in your workshop and all this stuff. And he's like, did, and he took kind of a, a cheaper camera, blah, blah, blah. That's the whole setup of the video. But he did all this. And as he's like doing it, the knowledge and information and, and the talk through was really, really good. And I was like, holy shit. Why have I never watched this dude before? And I remembered because it was the, you know, like shit. And I was like, for me, that that stuff isn't entertaining. That's it's the same reason, like stuff like that, is why I don't watch like most primetime TV shows. It's why I, I don't care about the American Idols and all those kind of things that really, 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 really ingrain people and pull them in because people love that. They love that pandery type of entertainment. But there are people who just love straight up radio and and just love love sit down talk radio and then i i figured that out because you watch espn now there's no more roundtable shit half of the morning is radio shows that they just record live um and also have cameras rolling while they're also doing radio while they're also making a podcast of it like so all these things exist in these in these these very weird spectrums and i i will give espn as one of those people who fucking land grab dude they were like yo we can turn this into tv we can make podcasts for after the fact and we can still do live fucking radio with these things we win and it's less production cost overall <laughs> like it's it's amazing the land grab espn has done with this kind of media in this like day and age i i fucking love it I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I feel like there, there's still a divide. There's still there, a divide. Yeah, there is. There's always going to be a divide. Um, one of, one of the biggest things, and this is something we've talked about at length in other episodes. So definitely, if you have not, go check out other episodes, um, of this show. And if I knew a particular number, I would tell you, but I don't. So I'm sorry. Any of them will do. It's not all of them. Um, Any of them. Where we've, where we've talked about creativity and and one of the biggest things and it, this, is, this is the thing you will hear DJM tell me all of the time because I am my my biggest enemy is getting out of your own fucking way um is always the number one thing you all like the only, the first hurdle is getting out of your own fucking way like I'm sorry for those who who are sensitive to language I did curse at you just now but um and that just that is what it is you just have to get out of your way you have to you have to step beside yourself and and it's a problem djm has and i tell him to him all the time too and he tells me and that's why we coexist very well because because we know these things and it's like hey get out of your own goddamn way like stop all right Kaz. yeah uh, i have i have 
if I can tell kind of a, if I can go into talk radio mode for, for a little bit. Hey, what's uh, up? We're on the tens and twos. All right. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I'm going to a convention next weekend, which is also the weekend of my birthday. So, hey, uh, uh, birthday you know con. Funny is TwitchCon, which I am kind of a little bit in the midst of despising, is also going to be during my birthday. And I'm cool. going to that. So, right, no, no, no. Very tell, good. Me, tell me about this. Tell All me right. about this. I want to know about this. So, th- this convention that I will be going to is called MidoriCon. And it is uh, in Maumee, Ohio, uh, which is right on the edge of Lake Erie. Uh, going with some friends and, uh, we're, we're gonna have, uh, the hook is that MidoriCon is something of an indoor anime convention slash anime convention beach party. Yeah. So it, it, you, you were telling me about this before and I made a, I made a, a comparison to Colossal Con, which you said it's, it's right. kind of similar, except, you know, you, it's the beach and not a water park. And, so, and, and here is what I was going to say uh, about this because I started thinking about this and, and maybe this okay. is just uh, the Midwest's in me coming out because I was thinking about uh, just the conventions and, and everything that's going on with recently there was Otacon and, and uh, a lot of our friends uh, are going to Dragon Con in Atlanta. Uh, those conventions, we those conventions just kind of draw themselves. And I was thinking specifically about MidoriCon and Colossal Con and it made me think about the state of Ohio specifically. And, and I know some of you out there that live in the state of Ohio and some friends of mine that live in the state of Ohio w- will tell you Ohio is not exactly exciting or <laughs> enthralling. Uh, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a city with uh, cachet uh, like uh, a Detroit, for example. Uh, and it also does not have a, a big convention like Otakon does or, or Dragon Con in Atlanta or, or Chicago to a certain extent. The state of Ohio, uh, it kind of has to have hooks with its convention scene, especially during the summer, because otherwise there isn't a whole heck of a lot. Uh, for example, there's a convention at a water park in June. And now there's a convention on the beach, right near the beach, uh, in, at the beginning of September for Labor Day weekend. It's going to be a beach party. It's going to be camping and it's going to be a con. So with all of these Midwest cons that I wish so some more of of my my anime Twitter buddies would come to so we can hang out and be debaucherous together, uh, I would love for them to come to some more of the Midwest cons, but I get why it's difficult. One, money and travel, of course. I understand that, but you know... When it comes to some of the conventions in the Midwest, I kind of understand that they're not that exciting. And furthermore, OhioCon, the big one for the state of Ohio, one, it's in January. And Kaz, I'm going to tell you, going to Columbus, Ohio, driving in January in the state of Ohio between here and there... It's a bit treacherous, and travel is not the best. 
And I, I see a lot of cosplayers that, that will be going, uh, outside in the cold and whatnot. Oh, and yeah, and for, a... for, for Yomacon coming up, uh, it's Halloween weekend or the first weekend of November. And, and here in Detroit, uh, that's still when it's, it's not freezing cold, but on more than one occasion, I have let a cosplayer borrow my jacket. That is yeah. something I have done. I understand. I just, I just wish that there would be more, but I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to MidoriCon. It's, it's going to be a, a new experience, which everyone knows I'm desperate for. I'm always desperate for something new or something I haven't done before. It's my first convention this year. I can't wait. And Kaz. Oh, Kaz. <laughs> I'm doing something for Yomacon in November that I have never, ever done before. Oh, cliffhanger, motherfuckers. I'm not even going to ask because I want to wait till it happens. Oh, um, and everyone will see. There better be pictures and uh, all kinds there, of things. There will be pictures, Kaz. It might even be at a photo shoot. Ooh, sexy. I think we're giving too much information. Um, so you bring that up and it, and it put this idea into my head, right? Having only gone to one con so far this year, which was which was a, a on the on the scale as you said, Otakon is a rather bigger con. It draws in more people, and then going to what will be another uh, bigger convention and going to TwitchCon, which I'm I'm looking forward to going to TwitchCon to see kind of all of the DKG kids, like all the people who watch that stuff who are going to be gone it's it's going to be like kind of uh mini dkg con i'm i'm kind of not excited because as i as i have said on the show before you i hate those fuckers <laughs> i not always the most well received of the of the kind of twitch brand and the twitch people um, I, I I very very much see them as as like Apple fans back in the day. They very much drink the Kool Aid and and telling them anything else other other than what they already want to hear and stuff like that is just it's just a no no. Um, Here's what you need to do with TwitchCon: you need to find Mike Ross and and, and Gutex, and, and you just need to hang out with them. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you're gonna get to pl- you're gonna get to play Street Fighter Five. You'll you'll hang out with some really attractive Chun Li cosplayers, guaranteed. And that, that's all you really that that's all you really need to do. Hashtag guarantee. Um. So so, but but that put this thought into my head because. Uh, we haven't we haven't gone in the past couple of years, but we haven't gone to ASIN, which is still a pretty big convention. Um, oh, Kaz, but, let me tell you, I, I got some intel from Otakon. Uh-huh. Someone told me that their opinion of ASIN in comparison to Otakon, they gave the thumbs up to ASIN. Yeah, no, Otakon so, this year, 
Otakon this year was filled with way too much fucking sadness and remorse and hate because people were just like, what? Why is it leaving Baltimore? It's so stupid. I'm not going to D.C. But then in the next sentence, they'd be like, oh, hey, well, um, I'll see you at KatsuCon, which is in pretty much D.C. And I'm like, well, you know what? I will give them this. KatsuCon is not in D.C. proper, but it's in the National Harbor area, which it is on this like really tote line between Virginia and DC. So I still consider it kind of in DC, but I'll give them that. Whereas the, Otakon is going to be in the fucking in the middle of DC, like hardcore. Um, and I'm not super excited about that. Like I'm not super excited about why man, like who knows Malia or Sasha, Malia or Sasha Obama might show up. That might be interesting. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, you're right. No, they wouldn't. They're not going to show up. They won't be there anymore. Even if they did, it would make it worse. Um, but it it has made me miss the mid-size to kind of lower-size conventions. Like, I loved going to ASIN. Like, I loved hanging out with you and PD at ASIN because, like, it's not overcrowded. And, and, it, and it, it kind of happens in a weirdly But it's not tiny. Almost it's, yeah, not, it's tiny. not tiny. Um, but it kind of, as small as that convention center is, it happens in kind of a bigger space when you think about it because it encompasses all the hotels surrounding it as well. But it just seems, just in general, that at a con like ASIN, at, at cons like YomaCon, and th- things like that, just the overall appeal is just way more uplifted, right? Even Even the, like hotel staff and shit like that at ASIN seem to be a little bit more excited about it. Like, there's some trepidations and there's definitely Uh, some things where they're like... I will say, Kaz, I I am trying to convince a friend of mine uh, Mm -hmm. that lives in Texas uh, to come to ASIN because uh, friends of hers have gone to ASIN. So I'm trying to convince her to make it to ASIN. So I I I am saying that right now, ASIN 2017, if all the stars remained as aligned as they are right now, where everything in DJM's life is in a pretty okay place, ASEN 2017 is looking pretty good. All right. That's, I'm, I'm excited about that because I, I definitely want to do ASEN again. I, I, I had this problem right after Otakon, and I think I talked about it with you. Um, I'm just not sure if we talked about it in a recording format. And if we did, I apologize for talking about it again. But I just got that convention bug again. Like, like, I got antsy. I didn't. I didn't get con depression. I got con antsy. I was just like, "When's the next one? Wait, God, wait, can I? Can I afford to go to another? One? When? When is another? When? When is it happening? What's going on? Like, um, because I just, I don't know, man. It just, it felt right, you know. It just felt right to be at a convention, to be sweating, to be dealing with the elements of other people as well as the weather, as well as having to deal with normal people. and You like, just missed the free hugs. Stop lying. Oh, man, the free hugs, dude. That's, no, that's I all I you... I didn't free hug anyone this year at, at Otakon because it was... I'm sorry. I apologize. It's too fucking hot. And then on top of it, I knew you didn't want to hug me because I had, like, like 
15 to 20 pounds of camera gear on my goddamn back, which meant like my back was sweaty as fuck for half of the day. I had to bring like three t-shirts with me every day just to be not as gross as I already was. Like, cause I step in, as soon as you stepped fucking out of the house, you were already gross. You just, you, you collected a, a, just a percentage of gross that just existed in the world at that time because it was so hot and goddamn humid. Like there was just no way around it. So I, I apologize to anybody who wanted to hug me and I didn't hug you because it just, it wasn't happening. It would have just, it would have been, it would have been wrong. <laughs> like it would have been wrong. Well, everybody, if you do see wrong. Brandon Cooper <laughs> at a convention near you, let him take your photo and then give him a hug and then take a business card from him because he's going to make them. And we said it on the podcast, so now it has to happen. Well, no, I but already in, have. But, I already have but in the. Well, then he'll give you one. And in the meantime, in between time, while you're, pre- while you're preemptively preparing your hug for Kaz. I love messing with DJM. It's always so good. Always. Good night, everybody. I'm done. Done. I'm done now.